0: We don't need to pay cash for anything except maybe tips here and there. There's certain websites like plastic.com that you can pay your bills, your, your mortgages with credit cards. And if you use the right credit cards, it will actually cover the fees plus some. So you get the protection plus you get reward points and that adds up. There's many ways to do it. But yeah, we've purchased properties with cash that we liquidated from our credit cards. We complete all of our remodels the same. And then, yeah, we've done hard money lending as well.
1: Welcome everyone to the Cassandra Properties Podcast. We have a very special guest for you today. Brandon Elliott's joining us. Uh, He's a real estate investor, podcast host, uh, author, international speaker, credit specialist, really interesting platform. And we're we're gonna get into the whole spectrum with him today. We're gonna really drill down and drive a lot of value, I think, on the credit side of his business. So folks, I, I would ask you to pay close attention there. I think Brandon has a lot to offer. So with that, Let's welcome him here. Brandon, thanks for joining us today.
0: James, how are you? I appreciate you guys for having me. I'm excited. Yeah,
1: absolutely. We're doing good, man. All things considered in this crazy world. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs>
0: something new it, every day, right?
1: <laughs> it is, man. Like, I don't know how we got here. And and it seems like uh, just yesterday, you know, we were building, you know, our scalable platform for the next year and, and things okay. were rolling along. And then just like that, here we are.
0: Yeah. Crazy. Hey, every, every day uh, is another day. You know, it's a blessing, which is great. Yeah. So Amen. We've
1: got our health, right? That's
0: right. That's right.
1: So um, you've got quite a, a platform. You've got an amazing following. Um, before we get into the, the nitty gritty and the details, the audience often likes to hear background. So if you can talk to the audience a little bit about, uh, you know, <clears throat> your childhood and, and, you know, how you ended up where you are today, influences and the such.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how uh, deep the audience really wants to to hear the truth behind it. Honestly, um, you know, I grew up in New Jersey, I grew up uh, with a single parent mother, she was a uh, manic depressive bipolar, uh, or at least diagnosed that. And uh, so it was a little crazy growing up, you know, I didn't meet my father until I was 18 in court, so he could stop paying child support. Wow. Um, I, I was uh, the middle child. I had an older sister, still do, older sister and a, and a younger sister. And um, and we grew up like American poor. And, and I say that because, you know, we're, we were still so blessed. We had help from the government, obviously, um, as well as the schools and churches. But yeah, at a very young age, I realized like, you know, a lot of my friends had Dirt bikes, quads, and just had certain things, and I was like, you know, I want these things too. And after asking my mom so many times in a row at a young age, and she, you could just see the look on her face, like, "Hey, I can't help you with this." Um, you know, I, I realized at a young age, like, I have to go out there and and uh, just make the opportunities come to myself, and and you know, it wasn't going to be handouts for my mom. So, uh, at age twelve, I got my first job. Uh, shortly after that. Uh, You know, like high school starts coming around, you got pretty girls, uh, you know, bad influence friends and a bunch of other things and uh, started smoking weed, unfortunately, and that took me down a a stupid path because I was, I was uh, broke enough to know that like I can't afford it. But smart enough to realize, like, okay, well, I like this stuff. I, I need to be the one in my group of friends, my influence to be able to like sell it to them so I can smoke for free. Really bad concept. <laughs> so this uh this kind of uh spun out of control because um I kept on uh taking whatever I made from it because I wasn't used to spending money and I would just go back to the guy that I bought it from and see how much I could get then, you know, uh yep. stupid but smart at the same time. And, um, and long story short, um, I ended up developing a, a bad name for myself in my area. I had cops looking for me, uh, best friends turning their backs on me because of greed and money and all these things. And uh, so I ended up moving away from all that chaos out to San Diego and uh, and yeah, just you know, ended up finding myself in more trouble, just uh, stupid things. Uh, I had an explosion in my apartment making hash oil. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, <laughs> man, it was crazy, really crazy stuff. I ended up finding myself, uh, in they put me into an induced coma for seven days.
1: Oh my I was God. in the hospital
0: for three weeks. I went through three surgeries. I, I burnt 40% of my body, uh, third degree. So I had to get skin graft on my arms and on my on my legs. So it was crazy. Um, And then I ended up getting a house arrest later on. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of fines, a lot of fees and all that fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, long story short, you know, real estate, I, I knew, I knew that I needed something. Like if I was intelligent enough to do well in a bad industry, just misguided, maybe I could do something on the right side of the tracks that I didn't need to look over my shoulder for and, uh, and, and could do something that I felt proud about. And um, I'm just super blessed that real estate was the thing that kind of found me.
1: Well, first of all, uh, I appreciate very much, and I know the audience will appreciate the candor. It's, uh, you know, it, there seems to be a common thread and a common theme with us, you know, I call serial entrepreneurs, right? <clears throat> We're kind of like, you know, uh, we all have a, a, in one way or another issues in our past and and broken paths and um, it helps you to relate to the audience because uh, a lot of times we look at folks that have you know realized a a measure of success as you have and it's it's tough to relate you know it's it's great to hear and again i really appreciate you keeping it real because we've all got you know issues and we've all uh, very few of us i could tell you in my audience um, you know, woke up with a silver spoon, and we've all had to kind of grit and, and, and grind and hustle and do what we had to do. So I, I, I think that's awesome that you shared that. Um, you know, one of the questions I had for you, and, and uh, I think it ties directly in here, is being an entrepreneur. You know, is this something that you're born with? Is this something that is a product of our environment, um, how do you see it? How do you see becoming an entrepreneur?
0: Yeah, I, I really see it as um, not necessarily something you're born with, but, but just like you said, like a product of your environment. You know, um, if you want something bad enough, you're going to, you know, your personality type is going to shine through, right? Everybody's personality type is different. The way you react to things, uh, the way you do certain things, it, it kind of just stems back to that. But if you want something bad enough, then and you're confident in it, like what it's going to take to get there, then I think almost anybody will will switch up their type of personality a little bit like I'm more naturally introvert, like and and growing up, I felt more like more of a like I was very active, but at the same time, lazy, you know, I, I don't want to if, if I had the opportunity to either stand and, and have a conversation or sit I would sit every every second I could. <laughs> being, but uh, eventually it's like you just push yourself out of the comfort zone and uh and and I realized like I didn't want to be poor. I I didn't want the stress over my head growing up of like not knowing if we were going to have enough for utilities or rent and and I saw my mom's stress and and it just it it weighed a lot on me. So at a very young age, you know, she was encouraging me to stay home or whatever because of you know, her disorders at a young age, I realized I had to be, I had to grow up a little sooner and uh, and make big boy decisions, uh, you know, if I wanted a better life.
1: So what was it that triggered you? I mean, did you have any influences as you were younger that you kind of kept an eye toward? And and it just, you know, as as you grew up and you went through enough of the trials and the tribulations, you woke up one day and said I had enough, or was there a moment you know, what was it for you that was like, you know what, bro, I'm done with this life. I want more. I'm going to turn the page here. What what was it that did it for you?
0: Yeah, I think originally it was um, getting into the negative stuff that I did in the beginning. It was really, I didn't want to be poor. Like I just wanted something better. Like one of the main things that I used to pray for and like really just wish um, was, you know, that we would hit the lottery when I was really young. I remember going outside playing basketball and, hearing my mom talking about like, Oh, big numbers in the lottery right now. And I'd be like praying like, Oh, you know, because that, that was our biggest problem at the time, uh, money. So I figured, Hey, if we could clear up money problems, then life would be good, you know? And, uh, and that took me down a bad path, unfortunately, but it also helped me realize that at a young age, like once I actually started making money that, uh, Money's not everything, you know, and, and there's a lot of troubles, you know, um that actually come your way when money starts coming around.
1: Absolutely.
0: So Is that fine line? Um, truthfully.
1: So here you are. You you're uh you're an author, you've got a killer podcast. By the way, folks, uh at the end of the podcast. Brandon will tell you how to find uh, his podcast, Ready, Set, Go, Real Estate Investing. It's upbeat. It's fresh. He's got great topics. Uh, he's got great guests. Uh, I, I really enjoy it very, very much. Uh, I appreciate you, that. You're enjoying a, an unbelievable measure of success. You've got 30,000 followers on, on Insta. You've got 29,000 downloads. You're five-star rated. You're crushing it, man. So hats off to you. And uh, yeah, amen. Thank you. Uh, really good stuff. Um, Let's get into the nuts and bolts. So the the way I can see it, there's basically two main components of of what you're doing now and the podcasting and the books and all that stuff supports kind of the two motherships. For us, the mothership is Cassandra Properties. Everything kind of flows through that company. For you, it appears to be uh, real estate deals through the Burr method, which we'll get into, and credit. Uh, So I think it's important that uh, folks understand, first of all, what the Burr method is. Essentially, uh, for for the listeners, it's buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. It's just the model of getting in with capital, putting it to work, stabilizing it, pulling your cash out, and deploying it again. Can you talk to the audience uh, in a little bit more detail about that model, that strategy, how you've put it into action and what your portfolio looks like how successful have you been in deploying this
0: yeah you know so i fell in love with it right away uh as i started doing a bunch of research on all the different strategies out there i realized there there was quite a few right and uh and i i just got gravitated towards this one because you know who doesn't like to get all their money back out at the end of the day and have little money into it but it's still cash flows you know so um so, I really fell in love with that strategy. We started picking up properties in uh, in the Midwest over in Ohio uh, originally because I tried for two years out here in San Diego when I was less educated. I was going against, you know, real investors with all cash, no contingencies. So trying to keep up with that, I, I just didn't I wasn't prepared yet. but um but yeah, you know, we were picking up a couple here and there, all residential, multifamily. And um, and yeah, I just fell in love with it. Uh, We were using credit in the beginning uh, for a lot of our deals. So we purchased properties with um, so I saved up thirty five thousand originally in cash from working two restaurant jobs. And that's all I had to to play around with. But I ended up uh, having a good amount of credit lines in my credit cards. So I used uh, promotional deals that they had behind the, the table. Um, at 0% interest for 12 or 18 months to be able to complete the remodels. I purchased properties with credit cards and then we, uh, you know, we do a cash out refinance at the end and it it cash flow. So uh, uh, originally we started off getting uh, properties over in Ohio and then now we've been, you know, the last couple of years we've been doing fix and flips here locally and then just decided last year, hey, we want to start doing the birth strategy out here. The only way to make it work, we realized, is that you know we need to um, basically do Airbnb to be able to get the income higher. So that, that's what we've been doing out here. We have a fourplex, and then we just picked up a duplex locally that we're doing the remodel on currently. Uh, but we're actually going to add two ADUs in the back to make that a fourplex as well. So we're very excited about all these and, uh, and have no money into it at the end of the day.
1: So I'm asking this for, for a very specific reason. Um, no. How much in deal volume transactionally would you say you've gone through in your career? And, and for those who are listening and can't see, Brandon's remarkably young uh, to, to have this level of success, folks. So I, I hope this serves as an inspiration for the listeners out there. Transactionally, how much volume would you say you've done?
0: Yeah, so we've done uh, a little over 20 at this point. Um, 20, as far as 20 um, transactions, so either holds or uh, flips in the past. Um,
1: and value, how much would you say value?
0: Yeah, so value, uh, currently we're over a, a little bit over three and a half
1: million. So uh, $3.5 So from $35,000 that you saved working two jobs yeah. and pulling your credit card lines, you've turned this into three and a half million dollars in transactional real estate all right so for the people out there uh who say all the time i'd love to but i wish i could but uh, i want to but and new york is a a similar to san diego it's a remarkably high barrier of entry for deals you know the the pricing here is 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 tough and it's challenging. So uh, the shift out to to the Midwest makes sense. And for the benefit of the audience, I think it'd be really great if you could walk through for them. Um, It's not as simple, right, as buying something in Ohio. You have to have uh, infrastructure in place to be able to uh, source the asset, um, provide you all the things you need to get that asset closed and then get in, do the work, stabilize it, refi cash it out uh how did you build that network and and if you could just talk a, a little bit about that i think yeah. it would serve as some inf- inspiration to some of the folks out there that are looking to jump into the game coming out of coronavirus i yeah. think one of the biggest takeaways is no matter how secure you thought you were sure. uh, you just don't know what tomorrow was going to bring and i think there's a lot of, of folks that are entrepreneurs at heart uh that were not pursuing an alternate path that are looking to do that now, so.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, we never know what tomorrow looks like, right? Um, so you definitely want to be prepared. And uh, I'm, I'm super blessed that I built up a, a rental po- portfolio first before, you know, I left my my restaurant jobs and, um, and you know, before I actually started uh, pursuing like credit stuff and helping out more people for coaching. But um, yeah, you know, when it comes down to, uh the different type of uh um i'm sorry the the question again was yeah
1: i'm i'm that, that's not you that uh, I, I get the tweety birds flying around my head and yeah, like I'm i get sorry, excited yeah I think so carried away there. <laughs> between the two of us we need to get get the birds out and and, and I'll, <laughs> I'll go one question at a time i apologize so i want to start investing I've got, you know, 10, 20, 30, $50,000. I've, I've cobbled together. I have begged borrowed and stealed. Now I want to go and I want to make a deal in Ohio, for example. How did you walk us through that network? How do you get the vendors in place? How how did you, how did you do it?
0: Yeah. So it really just comes down to relationships. You know, I I didn't, I didn't, I grew up in New Jersey, so I didn't have any relationships over in Ohio at the time. And uh, I, I networked with, anybody and everybody that I could. Same thing without here in San Diego. You know, I I reached out to all the real estate agents, the brokers over there, the lenders, uh, Chamber of Commerce, the, the local schools, uh, the police department I've talked to, you know, to see where the bad neighborhoods are, where should I stay away from. I really networked with as many people as I could and I got their feedback and I, I kind of used it as... Um, As just to be able to connect more with the next relationship that I was building and it it really served me well. um, Over time, you know I ended up getting a a big list of properties, a big list of relationships as well before I even set foot in Ohio. And then, by the time I went there, I had a big list to actually go through and, and do my due diligence on in person, and that was a whole you know whole different beast. Uh, because when I was there, I, I quickly started, you know, checking things off that pictures and certain recommendations of people um, relationships. I, I realized, hey, maybe this wasn't a good relationship if they're guiding me in the wrong direction here. So, uh, so that's you know, the the relationships have helped me tremendously. The only big difference over here and in San Diego in comparison to Ohio is the the price difference yep and and that that comes from like comfortableness you know the the holding costs out here obviously are more expensive but um but you know at the end of the day it's all numbers so if you can if you can have strong enough relationships to get the deal done and move quickly then out here in San Diego it's not going to hold you back you know um but for some reason I just started over in Ohio because it it made me feel more comfortable the price points were cheaper
1: It makes perfect sense. And, you know, today in the digital world, where, uh, you know, we harp on this all the time, there are so many tools in the toolbox now. There are so many different ways to connect with people. Um, You know, it sounds like though, your strategy, Brandon was ground and pound, right? You put the time in, you build the book, you build the network and, and from there, opportunities are born, right?
0: Yeah, and I wrote it all down. I, I had a big uh, list of names, uh, neighbors, like everybody that I could really connect with. And uh, and I always made notes of certain things so I could use it as a reference later on. And then once I name drop a couple different people, then they almost treat me like, you know, I'm one of their neighbors or friends or family anyway, which is
1: great. I love it. I love it. I think with uh, <clears throat> coronavirus and the, the impact it's had on particularly the small to mid cap banks, uh, we're forecasting there to be a a huge opportunity in the defaulted note space. Um, So, you know, for the listeners again, Brandon's laying it out for you that there is a pathway and a strategy. You don't need boatloads of money, not that 35 or 50 grand is not a lot of money because it is, but to punch into uh, the real estate game Uh, If you're willing to put the time in and you're willing to work those social networks, LinkedIn is an unbelievable resource. We have cultivated some amazing contacts through LinkedIn. Uh, You can start to get a good sense in some of these other markets where the barrier to entry isn't so high and there's a pathway to do this. So uh, you're making deals, you're doing deals out Midwest. You wanna start bringing it closer to home You're starting to amass a book of business. You're starting to amass capital and you're able to make that transition now into the San Diego market. Uh, With that, the other side of your business um, is for me where the rubber really meets the road is taking credit and being able to leverage that. Uh, You know, for the listeners, I I always look at credit in three different kind of buckets. There's, you know, basically what is credit and, and how does it work? And then there's, uh, once you know how it works, you're probably going to find, even those of us with the best credit scores, there are things you can do uh, that are fairly benign that'll help you bolster your credit report and help you fix that. And then once you've gotten to that part, how do you put the credit to work and how do you now unlock the, the responsible use of leverage to really supercharge your portfolio? So... Uh, For the benefit of the audience, would you, would you, Brandon, just kind of break it down for us, the whole thing with credit from the basics, then the services you guys provide? I know that you've got uh, kind of two different um, platforms. One is like a a credit repair, and then the next one is kind of a higher level, much more comprehensive credit course. Uh, And then how do we put it to work? I think that'd be a huge value to the audience.
0: Yeah, no, it's so good. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so we actually look at credit in like a four-step process. So okay, number okay. one is educate. So understanding how the the lenders, the banks are actually judging you. So you are more educated to play the game, right? And then uh, number two is fix. So fix your credit. Uh, a good majority of people out there, even if you have like an 800 FICO score, there's something normally that could be done just to spruce it up even just a little bit by... You know, updating uh, personal identification information, you know, and and, uh, cleaning up some of the negative misleading information that shouldn't be on there. Uh, After you fix credit, then the third step is build up credit. So a lot of us can, just by adding authorized users, be able to build up your credit, boost up your score, take it from low 700 to 800 FICO score in a matter of 30 days or less, which is... Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's very life-changing for many people. Um, at the same time, you can be building up business credit. I wish I would have treated my business, <laughs> it's funny to think about now, like treat my business like a business from the very start and not have been using so much personal credit. You know, if I would have got started and really, you know, developed the business credit uh, first, I would have been way further ahead because uh, there's, there, there's many things you can do with business credit, which is awesome. After you're done building, then that last step, that fourth step is leverage it. So leverage it successfully. You know, you don't want to uh, be buying a, a bunch of, you know, Rolexes or, or something that's not an income producing asset, right? So we, we've done hard money lending with our credit in the past. Um, it costs us 0% interest for a certain time frame, but we can lend it out on three to four month uh, short term secured by an actual physical asset. So, uh, so that's been awesome. We've purchased properties with credit cards. And uh, we complete all of our remodels on credit cards to be able to secure us, um, you know, hedge any wedges, I guess, if any contractors do us wrong, you know, so that's the security plus, uh, we can build up enough points that after we're done doing a remodel, a project, we'll typically have enough points to be able to go on a free vacation, which is nice. So um, there's a couple different things that we like to do with the leverage part, but that's kind of the gist of it in the four-step process. The two different businesses that we have when it comes down to credit is uh, one, we just started about a year ago. It's a, a do-it-for-you service for credit repair. And what that looks like is uh, people can find more information on creditrepairmobile.com um and basically it's it's where we fix your credit in uh in the matter of a couple months uh to be able to boost up your take take all of the negative things off and then afterwards we can coach you on how to be able to boost it up and leverage it successfully um i mean we've helped out plenty of people with bankruptcies in 30 days which has been awesome on one of our our newest and uh, a bunch of late payments collections you name it saving people one of our best students um, or clients ended up saving a little over a hundred thousand in, in collections that they had uh, just totally wiped off that they don't owe anymore, which has been awesome.
1: Wow. Yeah. Uh, So this uh, folks is life changing stuff that Brandon's talking about. That's not um, that's not a pitch credit is the single uh, most important thing that you can, that that you have control over, that you can use to drive your portfolio. So if you don't mind, I'd like to go back and touch on those four points in just a little bit more detail, just There's to give this. the audience a, a little bit more of a taste of what they can expect when they reach out to you. So um, you started off with Educate, how do the lenders judge you? Can you give us a little context? Just give us a, a little bit of the secret sauce of how do yeah. they judge you?
0: Of course, yeah. So there's actually six boxes that make up your your FICO score. Uh, many people aren't aware of this, and and it's very important, you know. Um, there's three that are high impact, and then there's a medium impact, and then there's two that are low impacts. Um, so we'll just start, you know, the high impacts. Uh, payment history is one of the highest impacts. It's thirty five percent of your FICO, meaning if you miss one late payment. It's going to hurt you drastically like i wouldn't be surprised if you see anywhere from 50 to 70 points drop wow yeah and that, that's a that's a serious note um that hurts you for the first year tremendously until it gets over two years then it starts it's a less impact and then not until you hit uh later than four years is where it really makes a lot less of a, an impact on your fico however Lenders can still see it, so it doesn't look good. You know, um, they they get worried about it, but it's not hurting in score wise anymore after four years.
1: So one missed payment. Yep, folks, if you're if you're making those decisions, um, and we think when we're younger that these things don't come back to to haunt you, one missed payment is compromised of 35% of your FICO score, and it's going to be on your credit report and negatively affect you for four years, but it's going to stay on your credit report for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yeah. So a, lot number of people, one.
0: yeah a lot of people think that these just automatically fall off in a certain amount of years. Um, same thing with bankruptcies. You know, some people think that it's going, like it, that's the miss that we hear out there, or we get led by the courts it's not going to fall off until you challenge it, until you until you push on them to actually remove certain things. So uh, anything negative on your credit profile will hurt, and the the most recent uh, derogatory remarks are hurting you the worst, obviously.
1: So that's great great intel because we do hear that all the time. Yeah. People say, ah, you know, I might just file for bankruptcy after a couple of years. It's it, you start over. Yeah. That's you know
0: and there, the there are ways you know even if somebody filed bankruptcy today tomorrow i could start working on it to be able to get it removed which is you know a huge blessing for many people but truthfully i never recommend bankruptcy unless for one reason only if you have a certain asset that the the banks could end up taking from you they could put a lien on then Yes, it makes sense to actually file bankruptcy to secure that asset so nobody can touch it. Okay. Um, besides okay. that, I I typically that's like the worst of the worst case scenario. It's not needed. There's so many other many things that you could do prior.
1: So uh, again, just to to slow it down a bit uh, for the listeners, what what Brandon's talking about is if there's an event where the bank is pursuing a hard asset, you your know, your house, a piece of a piece of property. Um, There are protections uh, under the bankruptcy laws, where uh, you'll have to go in and file a reorganization plan and stick to a reorganization plan but in that instance as a last resort. um, He's advocating for that's the time when, if you have no other alternatives to consider bankruptcy, but if you're just looking to clear the decks because you think that. In a year or two, this is going to go away. That's not yeah. the case, and it's going to take a hell of a lot of hard work to try and just bring you back to par. All right, so that's the education component. Um, what are some of the, the basics for fixing your credit? I mean, is it yeah. is it that simple? Can you really change things in 30 days on a credit report?
0: Of course, yeah. I mean, there, there's many things you can do. Honestly, um, you know, first and foremost, you can call up the three bureaus. You can challenge them over the phone. Otherwise, you can file disputes on CFPB.gov. Uh, what this is is basically a—it's um, a federal type of uh, monitoring service that ends up kind of as if you would think of it as like the parents of any type of banks, lenders, or um, you know the three bureaus. You know, they're they're making sure that these guys are doing right by us, the clients. And uh, so they just, they have certain guidelines, certain regulations that, you know, all the lenders, the bureaus and banks need to obey, o- obey basically. And um, And filing disputes on there, you can get a lot of negative things removed simply, you know, in, in a matter of 15 days up to 60 days.
1: Okay, <clears throat> so, the next is building up the, the the credit. Actually, now we're focused on raising the score. Yeah. And what yeah. are some tips and tricks that folks can expect to find in, in your uh, curriculum as far as building or boosting the score?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, the, the fastest way to really be able to boost up your score is... Authorized users. Authorized users affect three out of those six boxes that I was explaining. Uh, Those three are the utilization. You want to get your utilization to 9% or below uh, for total credit line, uh, credit used. And then your uh, total accounts. They actually want to see you have 21 plus accounts. And and they want to see mixed use, but uh, mixed use, what that looks like is, you know, personal credit cards, retail credit cards, we got student loans, uh, mortgages, personal loans, and auto loans. You know, those are six different types right there. Um, So, you know, the old myth that you heard growing up, you know, only have one or two credit cards. It's just not the case. That's not going to help you. You really want to have 21 plus accounts. It makes up 10% of your FICO. Two, one? Two one two one baby
1: one accounts.
0: yep wow yeah a lot of people give me that same exact expression wow that's a lot right. Uh, it's very easy to do, honestly, if you have that mixed use out of the six um, and then that third box that makes up uh, that has an effect with authorized users is your average credit age now a lot of people think hey you know. What it is, it's it's the average of uh all your accounts in total. So they're gonna add up all of your accounts, however much age that is, divide it by that many to see what the average is. Now, many people say like, well, if I'm at five years, you know, how am I gonna ever be able to get it higher? The ideal is nine years plus for average credit age. Now, a way you can do to, to get it higher is by adding authorized users that are very old credit
1: cards. So if I'm understanding this correctly, uh, I want to boost my credit and I have uh, a brother who has credit lines uh, through credit cards that have been open and have been in use for 10 years. Now I can ask my brother to put me on as an authorized user and that would pick up and when they see it on my credit report now it would be viewed as if that was my history
0: correct yes so wow so keep in mind this is very caution right here you want to make sure if you're ever added to somebody else's credit card as an authorized user make sure that they've never had anything derogatory on that particular card they could have bankruptcies any other card messed up you know beat up uh busted and disgusted right uh but on this particular credit card that you're being added to uh there can't be any late payments or derogatory remarks within the next 30 days 30 days or less um you being added on there is going to report onto your three credit bureaus you know Experian TransUnion Equifax um and it's going to report whatever that credit profile is on that card
1: all That's they need wild man
0: Yeah, all they need is your full name, your date of birth, and your social. So uh, like a phone number or an address, the person that's adding you can actually put their information. So therefore, when they add you, it takes a couple minutes to add you. Um, That new card is going to come to their home address with your name on it. They're going to call it, activate it, and then they can cut it up and throw it away. Therefore, you'll never have any access to the card. You don't know any of their security questions by calling in, trying to get a replacement, and um, and it reports on the statement closing date every month.
1: So I, I've been in the business for almost twenty five years, and I, I've I've thought I've heard heard all of the tips and tricks, but I have to say you're blowing me away here with some of these things. Essentially, folks, if you have access to someone that's willing to allow you to sign on to their account. And and as Brandon said here, you don't have to even have access to the credit card. You you never actually have to make a charge, but if you've got clean accounts, no derogatories, no late payments, no contested charges, none of that nonsense, you can get the benefit of that person's entire payment history on that respective credit card. That's pretty remarkable stuff, bro.
0: Yeah, it is, honestly. And, and it's a business, just so you know. Like, you can look online. There's 30-plus different companies out there that sell trade lines, credit card trade lines, authorized You're users. kidding me. Yeah. You know, we, we have a business of, of it ourselves in-house because we have a lot of sellers in there. I made one seller last November, uh not not this past November, the, the previous. We hit a record with him. uh $21,000 he made in, in one month in one month just by being a seller i mean it takes uh, literally a few minutes to add somebody as an authorized user and he had a lot of cards and he helped out a lot of people you can add anywhere from usually 5 to mm-hmm. to 10 different spots uh, authorized user spots on your card and uh and it's a it's a huge blessing to the other person the only reason why people uh wouldn't want to do this is that they're just not educated they believe that you know adding somebody as an authorized user could hurt their score or or you know their their credit card and the simple fact is that it can't hurt your credit card as the seller but you could hurt theirs you know if you end up missing a payment or if you end up having a high utilization that month uh or anything derogatory on your account that could hurt the buyer so you know, and they don't have any of your personal information. So it's really a, a very low risk and an easy way that you can make, you know, your cards can be very valuable and uh, and you can make some good money from them.
1: Wow. So uh, Pete was chomping at the bit over here. He's like, I have a question. I have a question. So yeah. <laughs> his question was, it was specifically what, what you answered toward the end there. And I just want to make sure I have this clear. So by me allowing Pete to go on as an authorized user on my account yes. um, because he's not getting the card, the act of adding him is not derogatory to me either?
0: No, it doesn't affect you whatsoever. It doesn't affect you whatsoever being being the uh, being the seller. By you adding somebody as an authorized user, it doesn't affect you at all.
1: So this is like a kick-ass way of, of picking up some passive income if you have good credit history.
0: Oh, so, yeah. I mean, if if you have some aged cards and, you know, the the, uh, the older they are and the bigger credit line that you have on them, then the more valuable they
1: are. So can uh, you give, in, give me an example of, uh, let, let's talk about a, a, a specific age of account, uh, amount of, of total credit uh, type of balance you would want to see. I want to now pledge this credit as the uh, seller of my credit, what, uh, how do I get paid? Is it a one-shot deal? Is it monthly? And yeah. how does it work? Can you walk us through that?
0: Yeah, so typically the buyer will lease it uh, from the seller for about two months. This buys them enough time to, you know, after somebody's credit profile is, is fixed and there's nothing negative on it, then they might be at, you know, 15 accounts. They need to get to 21 plus. You know, so they need six more accounts. Um, their average age might be at five. They need to get up to nine years. So, and their utilization might be at 30, 35%, which it's, that's hurting them. It's, uh, so then they need more credit lines to be able to get it to 9% or below. That, that fixed credit profile will be in the low 700s, maybe mid 700s. After the authorized users are added, Within less than thirty days, when the next statement closing date comes around, their credit score, their FICO is going to get boosted up to eight hundred, give or take. It could be a little higher, a little, little lower, um, because all six boxes are in the best possible shape they could be in. Uh, So at that point, you know it's your cards uh, adding adding um, certain people to the cards, it, it's it's worth money. And uh, it can be anywhere from a couple hundred dollars up to a couple thousand. It really just depends on the card that, you know, what type of credit profile it, it looks like. How old is it? How much credit line does it have? And then within my group, we just keep it negotiable. So I, I connect the two people um, and just make sure that they you know, um, can help each other out to create a win-win situation. Otherwise, online, you know, there, you get a set price, and that's what it is.
1: So, and I'm sorry I keep talking about this, but I'm, like, totally blown away here.
0: Fascinating, so, isn't
1: it? <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable, bro. I mean, yeah. these are the kinds of things that, you know, the, the podcasts – you and I never would have connected otherwise, right? And my audience never would have had the benefit of of hearing this or my clients before there being a podcast, never would have had the benefit of hearing this and I'm learning as we go. So is there, uh, you know, so let's say I have, um, I don't know, a MasterCard with a $50,000 credit limit and, uh, you know, I'm carrying a $4,000 balance, Um, I'm I'm allowed X amount of authorized users. Now, is it like a one-shot deal? Can you continue to rotate this? You know, someone goes on two months, they come off, someone else goes on. I mean- Yeah,
0: yeah, always. Yeah, so there's a nice, there's some tips and tricks along the way, but uh, we typically don't recommend to add more than three authorized users per week. So that's kind of- Yeah, per week onto that particular card. Whoa, yeah, but I mean, you know, and you can do that um, if you have 10 spots available, you want to add three this week, another three the following week, uh, and then just keep them on rotation. Realize that after two statement cycles pass and it reports, then you can remove it that one individual. Um, and you get that you get that one payment from them. It helps them out, helps you out. It's literally five minutes worth of work, which is nice. Uh, to add somebody on to to remove them as well and uh, usually the contract it's it's an agreement that you're going to have obviously no late payments uh, nothing derogatory and that your utilization stays at nine percent or below um, whenever the statement closing date is now you can max out your card use it as heavy as you want all throughout the month but a couple days before that statement closing date we, we really do encourage and highly uh, ask that you pay it off in full. So it's a zero balance to help out the the buyer as much as possible. Or at the very bare minimum, you, you have to have it at 9% or below.
1: So that's another misnomer. I was always under the impression that um, having a zero balance was bad. I was under the impression you always had to maintain a balance.
0: No, yeah, so that 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 stuff breaks my heart too when uh, people think that they need to pay interest. Uh, I've heard crazy stuff like that. Uh, That's not the case if if you're the type of person that always has a zero balance each and every month, then yes, I would encourage that you you have a small balance that you leave on it when the statement closing date comes around. However, if you've just carried a balance for the last several months, or you are very used to doing that. I would highly encourage to try it out a couple months to get zero balance when the statement closing date comes around. Um, that will help out. Also, keep in mind that if you don't use it, you you lose it. You know that old saying, right? So make sure that uh, you know at least once a year. If you have a big arsenal of credit cards, like we do, then you want to make sure that you know you're you're making at least uh, you know one one purchase at the dollar store or something uh, once a year to be able to keep it active and open so they don't shut it down.
1: This is amazing information, man. So is this um, info that they would find at the credit repair site or the credit council elite site?
0: Yeah. So credit council elite is our second business. That's uh, that's that's my baby. I really love that. That's where we give you all the tips and tricks that we've learned over the years. Uh, we've been investing in ourselves for, you know, five plus years into just the credit space. And, uh, we spent several six figures at this point to really network and, and connect with the best to, to learn all the ins and outs. So, uh, that's where, that's where they would learn a lot of this stuff. Um, all four, you know, processes, deep diving into each one, uh, you know, on creditcounselelite.com.
1: Amazing stuff. So you you said something earlier and I'm not sure if I misunderstood you, but you mentioned that, um, you, are taking monies and, you know, we've all seen 0% financing for X amount of time. And then an interest rate kicks in down the road on credit cards, right? So are you actually taking money on these credit cards and then putting it out as hard money?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yep. Um, Yeah, there's, there's ways like truthfully, we don't need to pay cash for anything except maybe tips here and there, you know, Um, for a majority, like there, there's certain websites like uh, plastic.com that you can pay your bills, your, your mortgages with credit cards. And if you use the right credit cards, it will actually cover the fees plus some. So you get the protection plus you get reward points. So, and, and that adds up. Um, there's many ways to do it, but, uh, but yeah, we've purchased properties with cash that we liquidated from our credit cards. We complete all of our remodels the same. Um, And then, yeah, we've done hard money lending as well.
1: Remarkable, man. So something that I'm uh, particularly interested in, and, and I, you know, was, was, I was doing my homework. I said, I've got to come back and and ask him about this. So we're always doing deals. We're always, you know, looking to source different opportunities and we're always looking to pull capital together to make the investments. Um, you have in, uh, on, on the description on one of your sites, it talks about being able to unlock, uh, on the personal and the business side up to seven figure credit lines. So as, as a, an entrepreneur and as an investor who um, I do have excellent credit, um, we have done many, many, many deals. We're closing three deals this month uh, that we're, we're flipping out of. Um, one of the hard things has been to come across a reliable, renewable source of capital, right? It's always at the mercy of the bank and what the opportunity is uh, that is very, very, very influenced by the market at that particular time. How does a guy like me go and take a good history and take some companies that have been open for a very long time, others are the single purpose LLCs that we turn in and out of, how do I get to that next level and unlock these credit lines that you're talking about uh, of significant numbers?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course. So there, there's different levels to it, right? Uh, first and foremost, when we're talking about business credit, it's so, so crucial to have a very, very strong, solid foundation. And when I say foundation, uh, you know, I'm talking SEO. So when a bank goes to search your company, they need to be able to find you everywhere. The If they can't find you or if it's not apples to apples, then there's a red flag. There's another red flag if they can, you know, uh, if your business name is hard to find, you know, if it if it makes it a, a little bit difficult. Also, it, it's usually best for the business entity to be very broad, short, sweet, straight to the point, but broad so that it, it's harder. It's not so specific like you don't know. Uh, take for example, like Target or Walmart, you know, it's, it's short, sweet. It's uh target's better, easier to spell than Walmart. I guess you would possibly, uh, one would say, but when it comes down to like, nobody knows, obviously, you know, the, the brand now, so it's hard to get Walmart out of your head, but before Walmart, like if somebody told you Walmart, okay. Like, what right. is that? You know, is it a real estate company? Is it, is it whatever, you know? So you wanna stay away from things like investments or properties or homes or you know, the whole nine, um, because there's, believe it or not, as much as you and I love real estate, there's some banks out there that are crazy and they think that it's more of a high risk. Same thing with the credit industry, they believe it to be a high risk. So, so understanding that first and foremost, then building out a very strong, solid um, foundation of your business afterwards getting as many trade lines on there to report on all three of the business bureaus as possible and uh, within our course we show you how to get 160 plus and uh, that's overkill honestly but um, you know once you get your first 10 trade lines reporting on all three and ten thousand dollars reporting on all three you're really starting to prepare yourself and set yourself up within the first 90 days to be able to get out there and get some funding for your company and obviously, the older it might not be so obvious. So, but uh, the older your your corporation is, the more taxes that and, and uh, cash flow that you have going through the business, the stronger it's going to be. The easier it's going to be to be able to get uh, funding for your company.
1: And this is also information. If I signed up for the Credit Council Elite program, that's Correct. where I'll 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 be able to glean all this data.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have three different uh, main courses. We have the gold, platinum, and then elite uh, that, you know, our main courses on credit council elite. Elite has the top course obviously has the business credit in there. It has everything, but we also have a la carte. So some people just come to us and want to learn just credit repair uh, or, you know, uh, come to us and just want to learn how to do a mass apply to apply for 10 plus credit cards, get six figures plus in one day. You know, and then others come to us just for business credit, and uh, and that's what we teach them.
1: So, if uh, c- can you give us just some vague idea of of what the course cost is and and how long the courses are?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, courses uh, anywhere from eight hundred dollars up to twelve thousand five hundred. So it's a it's a big uh, expansion, but honestly, our our top tier courses, all of them really, but our top tier course, we're giving out so much value that it, it should literally be anywhere from $50,000 to $100,000 worth of content. A lot of other competitors out there that we've invested in just to see what they have to make sure that we're not missing anything. And, and a lot of these guys just being truthful with you, are they're, they're missing a lot of things, you know, or they're teaching outdated stuff. Uh, and and we're confident in ours because we we see our clients getting the results. So it just it makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, we we have a, a lot behind it that can that can help out a lot of people. But
1: if you're able to to walk folks like me through uh, ways to tap into renewable, reliable um, credit lines, yeah. I mean, ten thousand dollars gets gobbled up in, in just the cost of doing business in one deal. I mean, that's really the stuff you're talking about. Oh uh, yeah, um, is is pretty remarkable, man. I mean, I'm I'm ex-
0: yeah. A lot of our competitors as well. They'll take a percentage of what they they get you. You know, any of the do it for you services or um or other companies that really guide you along the way. They might charge less, but at the end of the day, they're walking away with a twenty thousand or fifty thousand dollar or more check. That uh, just because they ended up kind of brokering with you to be able to get to your success, which is still it's a win-win for so many people because you're guaranteed, you know, uh, the end results. We like to teach this stuff at uh, we believe a, a discounted rate, but it, it does come down to your mindset and uh, and how confident you are, not just in in us but yourself to be able to pull this off. You know, we give you the online on-demand type of course that gives you everything. But then you also get access to me and then the group that uh, we can mastermind together and make sure that, you know, we get you on the fast track to, again, to taking care of your goals and make sure that you're on the right track.
1: And at the end of this course, theoretically, I should be able to be in a position where uh, I can and you guys will tell me how to go about applying for these lines of credit and where to make the applications and all that stuff.
0: 100%. Yes,
1: man, that is remarkable, man. Yeah. that is really remarkable. And, um, at least over where we are, there's not many folks in this space, um, that we're aware of. And a lot of this stuff, uh, you know, again, I'm blown away. I'm, I'm a pretty seasoned grizzled vet in the real estate game, but on the other side of it, on the credit credit side, this stuff is amazing. It's yeah. really remarkable.
0: No, I mean, just being very blunt and truthful, it's, it's literally life-changing for so many people out there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we've done our due diligence. Like we, we've gone through a lot of the headache out there so that our clients don't need to. Um, obviously doing anything for the first time, there's going to be a little bit of learning curves, but that's why we give that additional support, the one-on-one as well as group coaching to make sure that, that we can handhold you as much as possible and uh, and that we can try to remove as much of those learning curves.
1: Amazing stuff. So uh, you also wrote a book, Action Driven, How to Take Action Instead of Living with Regret.
0: Yeah, yep, right here. There she is. Yeah, there so, she is. So,
1: can you talk about the inspiration behind the book? And is this something that you always wanted to do? Or, you know,
0: no, no, <laughs> yeah. so like I said in the very beginning, you know, I'm very introvert. If if, uh, if I had the choice, the option to be in the spotlight or to be behind the scenes and blend in, you know where I'd be, right? Um, but uh, but at the end of the day, you know, we all have a story. We all have a background and, uh, and I, I've been dealt a crazy hand and I made a lot of stupid choices along the way. Like by all means, God has blessed me in, in many different ways, uh, 10 times over and protected me as well um but you know i was encouraged by a mentor at the time to put my story out there like you never know who you can help out and impact their life until you open your damn mouth and you know share your story so uh so that's what i did um and uh it, you know it was awesome it it uh it, it was a big impact on a lot of people we had certain connections that reached out to me, had heart to heart, you know, uh, just people that without spilling their personal information really changed their life. And I was never anticipating that. I was never expecting that. And, and this is no fluff. Like it really did change and impact their life with certain people that have bought 40 plus books now for all of their friends and family, anybody they meet randomly they're like this book changed my life you need to get your hands on it and they'll just order it for them you know
1: so so where do we find it
0: it's on amazon uh you you guys can find it on amazon or if uh if anybody's interested um you know i i'm you're like me then you, you like a hardback book and you can find it on amazon otherwise i'll give it to you guys all for free uh for the the ebook um just send me Direct message me on uh, on Facebook Messenger or on Instagram. So Instagram, it's Brandon Elliot Investments, and then on uh, on Facebook, it's Facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. If you just message me and say, you know, mention this podcast, then I will uh, I'll send you the ebook.
1: Uh, that's that's a very generous offer. I'm certainly going to take you up on it. Yeah, um, and and I'll definitely double back to you on. The Credit Elite course. This is remarkable stuff. Uh, I can't thank you enough again for for being as candid as you were, and uh, and for sharing what you've shared with us today. You've got an amazing story. Uh, it looks like you're just getting going, man. God bless you. And yeah, uh, thank you. Really appreciate you joining us today. Before I let you go, what's the easiest way for folks to to get a hold of you? Is it the email address you just gave, or
0: yeah. So usually on social media, I know that sounds crazy, but I, I do have a team that oversees the social media as well as uh, you'll find me re- replying back to certain people throughout the day where, whenever I can. Um, but yeah, you can find it on there or like I said, creditcounselelite.com uh, or uh, creditrepairmobile.com. You guys are more than welcome to reach out on any of those and I uh, would love to connect with each and every one of you guys for sure.
1: Uh, Really appreciate it, Brandon Elliott. Tremendous job, tremendous information. Uh, Really, really, really do appreciate what you shared with us today. Folks, I hope you enjoyed this this episode as much as I did. Just absolutely packed with great information. As always, please keep the questions, comments, concerns, criticisms. Keep them coming. We love it all. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year and stay safe.